The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 100, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. Follow his work at DraftNetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, happy 100th. How you doing, brother? I'm well. A cheerful centennial to you as well. Love the word centennial. Centennial was taught to me by an old dude in Philadelphia. His name was Sal. I was there rehabbing a church, and it was their bicentennial. And Mm. I was very confused. I was like 12, and I was like, what the heck is that? But anyway, yeah, go birds. Um, how are you, Mike? What's going on with you? I'm doing well, man. I just had my little... Is this your first time seeing my illustrious trash-filled office? Oh, yes, it is. Is this your? Is this the office area? So you've moved to Michigan. Update on yes, your life. Yes, sir. Yeah, doing my whole graduating and now relocating bit. But yeah, this is my office, which currently just is, is the place for all the cardboard boxes and the trash because the, the living room and the bedroom and everything has to look nice. But I have my own office now, which is sick. You're not seeing my my wide open kitchen cabinets anymore as we record. <laughs> Hopefully, keep your focus up. So congratulations on your office, your new mic. And also, when are you getting married? When's, when's the date? So January 26th is, is the date. Uh, in the Orthodox Church, you don't live together until you get married. And so Meredith and I both live now in southwestern Michigan, like 10 minutes apart. Uh, and when we get married, we'll move in together. But oh, nice. then big next step, now that it's a new apartment, Mike, is the old little doggo. Ah. That's, that's the next step. I have a vacation in July, early July. And then when I get back, two months, intense puppy training, best doggo in the world. I'm going to post so many photos to Twitter. It's not going to be good. And I want to I wanna ask you a little bit more about that later because that's actually one of the questions that I had for you was oh, yeah? about a dog. Yeah, because what we're doing today. Okay, so recently 
Here on the Kiston Solak Show, we have been previewing the teams around the NFC East, and then we're going to branch out to the NFC and the other top contenders around the league. That is called our Eye on the Enemy series. I've been dropping, you know, we did Redskins, we did Cowboys. I've also talked with Mark Bullock of The Athletic to talk about the Redskins for an Eye on the Enemy Extra. I did the same thing with Jeff Cavanaugh, also going to be reaching out to RG Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Check out their podcast if you want to know the enemy. But Cowboys are definitely next on the docket. But for episode 100, we just kind of wanted to talk, be friends, be buddies. And we'll talk about some Eagles stuff. We'll talk about some other stuff. But what we wanted to do was bring back a segment that we have done in the past that we had a lot of fun with during some dead times and on some Tuesdays and stuff when not much is going on. So what we're going to be doing is called five questions. So neither Ben or I know the five questions that we have for each other. And we each have five questions for each other. So we'll just alternate and we'll ask about the Eagles. We'll ask about life. We'll ask about the NFL. We'll ask about football and uh, maybe some history stuff. I don't know what Ben has in store for me. He may surprise me but ben do you want to kick it off with your first question or should i go first have you not prepared have you actually i have a history question so i would like to go first (laughs) okay okay i made a history joke on the internet yesterday why didn't you laugh at it wait where is it where is it i'm so sorry about this. okay so you're not a big nba fan as i know but the celtics boston celtics uh are having a really rough offseason thus far uh kyrie irving uh their star point guard is essentially ghosting them and their efforts to resign him he wants to leave for brooklyn and now as it turns out it was once believed that uh their stalwart center al horford was uh willing to restructure to remain in in in, in boston and help open up cap space no it turns out he would also like to leave and so they were unable to attract anthony davis uh and and which would have like completed kind of a big three. And now it said they're losing those star players who potentially could have been a part of it. Now they're all young talent. They're all assets. This is very funny to Philadelphia fans because not only do we hate Boston and the Celtics in general, but also Danny Ainge, the uh, general manager for the Celtics, once viewed as, as, as very successfully fleecing the uh, the Sixers in the Markel Fultz-Jason Tatum trade. Well, he hasn't been able to move Tatum for any better players. And so this is quite entertaining. But I said... Uh, they, I haven't seen the uh, uh, Celtics fall apart like this since the expansion of the Roman Empire. I thought that was funny as heck. It got like one retweet. I was devastated. So now I need to fact check. Dude, I have. Was I right? Isn't that what this this the, the Rome like expanded into the the Irish Isles, the Gaelic Isles, yeah. and Celtics started to fall apart? Yeah, it, it was Julius Caesar's. Like he wrote about this. This is part of his big PR campaign. It was his like his illegal, as far as the Senate saw it, his illegal campaign. Uh, the Gallic Wars, as they are called. The Celtic Holocaust is a big thing. He slaughtered a lot of these people. And, you know, the Battle of Elysia, as you see, I have this battle map that I'm showing you right I'm now. so fierce. Wait, was this the little gift you bought yourself for your birthday, all these battles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the bookstore yesterday. I dropped about $200, and I got some Battles That Change History books with, like, all these fancy pictures, and it's full color and everything like that. I got Mike Duncan's book. I got Fire and Blood, the George R.R. R. Martin stuff. But, yeah, your historical reference yeah. was definitely – on point with that. I would say that was a that was a big turning point for for the Celts and also for the Roman Empire, you know, expanding out to Gaul like that. So that great reference, Ben. I am sorry that I did not retweet it. I am going to retweet it right now. I'm so happy. <laughs> the debt is paid. Ben, my first question for you is going to be about the Eagles. I'm going to be lame. I'm going to start it off okay. with the defensive backfield. So we're calling Nicholas starter because it is. So how do you see the starting five shaping out in week one? 
And what do you think it ultimately ends up as in week 17? Because obviously we have the injuries with Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills holding them out of camp. They're both still on the men. They may, they may not be available for week one. And even then they may not be 100%. How do you see this whole thing shaping up? And are there any other caveats you want to throw in there? Like when they go dime, they'll kick in Sidney Jones to nickel and bring in Rasul on the outside. Like things like that can happen. We saw the Houston Texans do that last year with Sharice Wright and Kareem Jackson. So how do you see this whole thing playing out? Okay. <laughs> Malcolm Rodney. I'm going to say Rodney's healthy for week one. Okay. Same. So Malcolm Rodney, your safety's in week one, your safety's in week 17. I think that's your safety. There's the easy bet. bit done. Yeah. I mean, and obviously like, like if people get injured, I don't, that doesn't count. I still win. But Ronald Darby in, in, in week one, Ronald Darby in week 17. I would say week one, Avante Maddox is in the slot. Yeah. Rasul Douglas is outside. Uh, nope. Jalen Mills is outside. Mm. And then by week 17, <laughs> God be with us. Rasul Douglas is outside. Avante Maddox is in the slot. So I'm projecting one change on its Mills to, to, to Douglas to Rasul by the end of the year. Fascinated to see what happens with Sidney Jones. Would love for Sidney Jones to do a thing, but I'm just not going to put any eggs in that basket. I've got all my eggs in that basket. So I'm on the Sidney Jones train. I'm not sure when he starts exactly. And I agree with you. I think it's hard to bet against Jim Schwartz starting his boy Jalen Mills in week one. But at some point, he is such a bad cornerback that he is going to have to be replaced. And I don't think Eagles fans. Like, even the ones that criticize him don't really know how poorly he played last year because familiarity breeds, like, acceptance. But, man, come on. The main thing, my main thing is, it's like, it's part Mills, but also it's part, Douglas is going to get on the field. And the reason I know this is because Douglas has not been a starter in 2017 and 2018, and he got on the field for significant playing time in 2017 and 2018. Like, someone's going to get injured. Somebody's going to go down in a game. Douglas is going to get on the field. And even if it's not Mills, like let's say Darby goes down for four games, Douglas gets out there. Well, when it's time for Darby to come back, my hope and my expectation is that Sewell will be playing well enough in year three. Like, you know, he survived in year one. He played better in year two. He was playing like starting, but low end starting caliber corner in year two. By year three, if he gets a significant chunk of playing time, you know, like, like it's not just you know, like spotty. So you, you kind of get into a rhythm and you get comfortable and you get a week's prep as, as a starter for a game. The hope and my expectation is that he's playing well enough that you have to question taking him off the field. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's how I think like, I, so it's part Mills, but also it's part like, I don't think the next time Douglas gets his hands on a starting job, whether it's out of camp or in injury reserve, like, you know, filling in, I don't think he gives it up. That's fair. I think the light bulb comes on and, and he goes and crushes it. Ben, what's your mm-hmm. second question for me? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Eagles as well because it's kind of related to the one you asked me. We've talked about this now for multiple years. Every offseason it gets rumored about and discussed. But with the way the league is going, with the hires that you saw last year in the coaching cycle, gun to your head, does Jim Schwartz ever get a head coaching job again in the NFL? Man. I think there's always going to be a big potential for a retread. This is a yes or no question, sweetheart. <laughs> no, none of this, I think that. That's my move. No, I think he stays as a defensive coordinator for life. I don't think he ever branches yeah. out back to head coach. He may want that, and it's, he may want to retread him. I don't know if those stars align, and I, I think he's a better fit as just a defensive coordinator. Some Eagles fans right. wouldn't even say he's that. I would, but yeah. Yeah, the thing is, you if you're going to hire a defensive head coach which has not happened 
a lot. It happens like once or twice a cycle. I would go with, I mean, you're already getting beat out by Chris Richard at this point. He's got to get the gig. So how many defensive coaches do you really see right. getting gigs with the way that things are going? Exactly. So number one, exactly, you're giving Schwartz his second shot, whereas with other guys could be their first shot, which like, you know, could be anything, could be a boat sort of a situation, yeah. right? Like you just, the mystery box is always very enticing. Right. So already we kind of know what Schwartz was as a head coach. So there's that. That's number one. Number two, I mean, it took Vic Fangio yeah. five plus years of incredible defensive consistency. He's freaking brilliant. To get a head coaching gig. And he got like a non-desirable Denver job. Yep. And it wasn't even viewed as a great hire. You know what I mean? Like You've got to be consistently great on defense regularly to the point where like when the Bears made the playoffs and the Bears won the NFC North, they obviously underachieved in the playoffs. Can't forget who, can't remember who they won, they lost to. But anyway, when they underachieved in the playoffs, even then, like it was viewed that the Bears defense was the unit that brought them to the playoffs. Right. I would be hard pressed, even if the Eagles win another Super Bowl, it's gonna pretty much like if everything goes according to plan, it's gonna go through the offense. It's gonna be viewed as Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson brought them there exactly, and right. so like you're gonna need a full on coattail hire where like Schwartz is getting hired exclusively because he was close to a really good unit and the defense wasn't a problem, and like that, it's just it's not a winning formula. In terms of how to hire your head coach. For that to happen, you kind of have to be like the Patriots with how consistent you win and get in Super Bowls. And that takes mm-hmm. that takes a while because everyone's going to be always trying to grab Belichick's assistance and whatnot. But, yeah, I think it's a different situation for sports. I think he stays a defensive coordinator and does not reach the heights of head coach again. My second question for you, Ben, you were asking for book suggestions the other day as we got yes. into the summer. What did you end up getting? What have you read or are reading? When I asked that question, I finished Stephen King's On Writing, which I would recommend for anybody who likes reading to read, and especially anybody who, if you want to write about anything, football, if you want to write long books, whatever it is, it's just very fun, good read. And it's it's cool for me because I really like how Stephen King writes, but I'm not the biggest fan of of his genre. Right. Like, I do not like horror stuff. Gets me queasy. So... Uh, it's really fun for me to read and his pacing and his style, which I love tremendously without like that subject matter. Uh, I went fiction and I read Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle, um, which I'm a huge Vonnegut fan. He's my favorite author. Cat's Cradle my second time through. It's not Slaughterhouse-Five. It's honestly like I would obviously even put uh, Mr. Rosewater above it as well, but Cat's Cradle is very good. Um, So a big fan of Vonnegut. Um, I currently have... uh, Water for Elephants by... And I might make noise as I lean... Uh, Sarah Gruen, yeah. which my sister is a, um, a English teacher, middle school, and she's a huge fiction reader. And so she very strongly recommended Water for Elephants for me. We actually went to a book fair together in Chicago a couple weeks ago, and I bought like, you know, the entire Lord of the Rings set for $7. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it, like I just like stacked up on books I already own. Nonfiction right now, I'm reading two books. I'm reading Crunching Numbers, which is by the Over the Cap team, as I continue uh, my efforts in learning more about the cap of the seasons. Nice. That's my football book. And then my non-football book is a book called Algorithms to Live By, which is by Brian Christian and Tom Griffiths, which apparently is a good extension off of Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, which I think should be mandatory reading for adult human beings. Um, (laughs) Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky are two developmental psychologists, which is what I studied in school, who basically are viewed as the father of biases research. 
and biases research now has grown into a massive part of pop psychology and modern psychology, especially in terms of, uh, uh, you know, public writing and, you know, for me specifically, you know, in doing evaluation work, how we evaluate players and what biases go into that. Obviously, like racial bias is a huge part of that. School bias, if you want to talk about like scouting the helmet is a massive part of that. Loved that. And apparently algorithms to live by is a good extension off of that. Nice. And so I just started those. But I always have a rotation. I'm always reading uh, a football book, a fiction book. And then a nonfiction, non-football book. And so those are, those are the three that I'm in right now. I like that rotation. If I had required reading for any adult, it would actually be The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Not because you should take the, and apply the lessons in there, but you should know that people are taking and applying those lessons to you in office politics. And So interesting. So you, uh, <laughs> you read my tweet about book recommendations and then did not tell me a book that you think all adults should read. That's cool. 48 <laughs> Laws of Power by some dude named Green. Okay. <laughs> I gave you three suggestions. I gave you The Tin Drum by Gunter Grass. I gave you mm -hmm. the uh, – oh, God. What's the, hold on. This is a noisy podcast. Right, but the reality is that I, I, ask for the, uh, I ask for the book list recommendations when I have like 10 books – on my list and so like i ask for recommendations and then i get to them like four months later yeah. you know what i mean but anyway go ahead yeah no and i also gave you the master and margarita by mikhail bulgakov 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 yeah the wait you gave me a bulgakov book yeah i didn't even notice that when you gave it to me bulgakov is a classic in russian literature baby he's amazing mikhail bulgakov you have to read i'm a uh the master i'm a Chekhov guy and a solzhenitsyn guy myself my great-grandfather was boys with solzhenitsyn oh really they chilled i almost yeah. grabbed uh uh the gulag archipelago yeah so so my great-grandfather was a pretty prominent Russian Orthodox priest at the time at which Solzhenitsyn was writing about kind of the resurgence of Orthodox Christianity in Russia. And so they chilled, they chatted. There's a photo of my great-grandfather and great-grandmother with Solzhenitsyn just like, what's good? Like selfie. Um, so that's cool. So we'll get to questions three, four, and five after the break here on the Kist and Solak show. You're relaxing here on a on an easygoing, easy listening Kiss and Soul Lack Show. We'll get to some more Eagles talk, some more NFL talk probably throughout these questions. But stick with us here at the Kiss and Soul Lack Show as we celebrate episode 100. We'll be right back. And we are back on episode 100 of the Kissed and Solak Show here on BGN, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation. I'm Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, question number three for me as we go through five questions. What do you have for me? Oh, I thought you were about to give me yours. I was like, I didn't know it was a snake draft. Um, <laughs> general general open question here. Yeah. But firstly, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, which we didn't do at the beginning of the show, but Mike's birthday was on Tuesday. And secondly, um, what did you do for your birthday slash our good friend of the show, Bryce Rossler of Sports Info Solutions, <laughs> spent the entire day like antagonizing you and... I think teasing you for being 40, claiming you're 40. I don't actually know how old you just turned, to be honest. But all I know is that usually if I slack slash DM Mike in the morning, it gets answered pretty quickly. And the morning of your birthday, it was into the afternoon. And so I imagine you had a good, fun day for your, for your birthday or maybe the night before. How was your birthday? My wife asked me what, what I wanted to do. And we really don't get a whole lot of time away from the kids or anything like that or get to do any like cheap dates and whatnot. So we went mini golfing. We went a little putt-putt golf. <gasps> I love mini golf. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. So we went there. There were 64 kids there. So we uh, rerouted to the bookstore where we spent $200 on books. And I got all the books I talked about at the front of the show. So we spent some time there. And then we went back to the pup-pup place because we would not be denied. And we played a round of uh, 18. And I won. I won by two strokes. I just want to put that out there that, that I beat uh, my wife in pup-pup golf. Very proud of that. Right. Important to, important I to note. <laughs> And I am turning 35. And the funny thing about Bryce's thing is that no one would believe me if I tried to combat him anyway, because it would just be 
like I was mad online. I knew he was going to hit me with a barrage of things. Like John Barchard hit me up first thing. I'm like, I know Bryce reached out to him. I'm sure Bryce reached out to you as you showed yep. me his his DM saying he hoped I would be annoyed all day. But no, it, it was it was great, man. I, I I got back to the house. I read some. Again, I'm 35, not 40. That's a very important note. I'm aging worse because, as Bryce says, I I drink and smoke cigarettes, and that's bad for you. And I should probably stop and should be stopping soon. But yeah, no, I mean, just a relaxing day, reading at the house, watching some shows. I finished season one of Big Little Lies with the wife as well. Yo. Amazing. Amazing. Get caught up on season two so we can chat. (laughs) You're like Triple M, man. You said it to me the other day, and it's, it's, it's so funny. The similarities between yep. you and her. Me, my, I, 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 when she says things, I hear my mother. My mother and I are very similar. It's a really <laughs> tough experience for me, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a great birthday, and I appreciate you asking me. I'm waiting on your gift. Number three, question for you, Ben. <laughs> As he makes faces over there. You can only place a bet on one team to win the Super Bowl. Who is that team, and why is it the Chargers again? Why do you keep doing this to yourself? Well, firstly, it's definitely the Eagles. You can't say the Eagles. We're taking the Eagles out of this. That's that's the homer pick. Okay, okay, whatever. (laughs) Why wouldn't actually be the Chargers? The thing is that it's like every year the Chargers roster is good at this time of year because no one's gotten injured in training camp yet. And then the second two people get injured in training camp, and then three more in the first five weeks of the season, they don't look as good. And then by the end of the year, when they're making the playoff push, and like the, the backups have gotten in and gotten acclimated, and they figure things out, and they're winning games, and they're beating Kansas City in the last second with a two-point conversion, you're like, listen, this is the year. And then they meet the Patriots in the... Uh in the in the uh in the playoffs. Yeah. And it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Right. And so it's like there are they gonna just continue to be the third best team in what is a two team conference. Right. That's that's the thing with the Chargers. Like they just have to get over that hump somehow. Philip Rivers I'm I'm not gonna claim to know NFL history well. I'm not old enough for that. I frankly just don't. Like I'm not a big NFL historian guy, but Philip Rivers has got to be one of the five best quarterbacks in history that's never won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, like, this is a very talented player who's never been able to finish the job. And so they're fun to root for. They're fun to hope for. I would probably bet, like, I'd have to look at, like, what values you get where. But if the Patriots are anywhere outside of the top two, the Patriots are the smart bet. The other bet that I would think of making is the Chiefs. I don't yeah. want to bet anybody in the NFC because simply the, the conference is too good right. uh, to the point where there's you, you expect at least three really tight competitors and there's just too much variance there in terms of like New Orleans would have been a really smart bet last year and a missed defensive pass interference call makes you lose that bet question mark. Like we don't know if they beat the Patriots, but you know, like it's, it's, it's that tight of a, of a conference. Whereas the AFC, like I can be pretty sure I can tell you that I can pick the two teams right now are going to show up in the conference title game. And so that's a much smarter bet. So Patriots and Chiefs. Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs bet there as well. Hoping Andy gets over that hump there. But uh, you mentioned Phillip Rivers and a fun stat. Mm-hmm. I think you can actually look at this. I haven't looked at this since last year. But the last time I looked at it, this was true. You can look at three years. You can look at a five-year chunk. You can look at a 10-year chunk. There's no quarterback in the NFL that has more attempts down a score with two minutes left than Phillip Rivers. His life is just chaotic in the NFL at the end of games. He gets put in the the worst situations and it always feels like he's scrambling to try to catch up. And that's kind of what the Chargers have been for some years with Rivers there. But I love Rivers. I hope he gets over the hump. My number three was already asked. So I'm going to ask for your number three. What? Uh, No, my number four now. So your number four now 
is what I'm going to okay. ask for. Eagles question back there. And this also, this is like kind of like, again, like playing off of your question a little bit. Baked into this question is the assumption of injury, right? An injury definitely happened, probably multiple injuries, but putting those off to the side, like you, an unacceptable answer is Carson Wentz got hurt again. Like that's boring. It's December, 2019. The Eagles are not going to make the playoffs. What went wrong? Okay. Oh, okay. So you're saying like philosophically what went wrong? Yes, exactly. Right. Which like if the Eagles, like, I'll, I'll put it this way. Like I'm very confident in this team, very confident in this coaching staff. If they don't make the playoffs, at least three very important people got injured, right? Like this is not only a good team, it's a deep team. You know, like let's say Kelsey goes down. You have a plus backup center in terms of Sam Malo, Wisniewski, and your ability to flip them left guard center and kind of figure out the best spots. So, like you can respond to one bad injury and probably be fine. You know what I mean? Like Eagles won the Super Bowl with, with Jason Peters down, with Jordan Hicks down. Here it is. What Skill position yeah. players, the wide receivers, the wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey. It's not crazy to say that he would have an injury or anything like that. But what you're kind of looking at, what you're talking about is sort of reminiscent. And I'm not calling this team the dream team by any means. But the dream team was built to score points and then rush the passer. The offense just, it didn't hit, as Dan Hatman said when we talked about it on Fireside Chats. It's to the point where the Eagles, yet again, they missed the playoffs because last year, you know, going into week 14, they had only had one game where they scored over 30 points. So something has to go on with those skill position players. Elshon picks up a big knock. Deshaun Jackson is in and out with, with various, you know, soft, soft tissue, muscle injuries, all that stuff to the point where the offense just isn't explosive. And we're expecting this offense to be explosive. Mm -hmm. And then the defense is just average, but it's not enough to keep them in games or win games or finish out games. I think that would be the big thing. It ha the passing game has to fail for this team to some degree. The passing game has to fail. For the Eagles to not make the playoffs, I think that's my big takeaway there. Yeah, and it's and that and I, I agree with it in the sense that like there's been a lot of Dallas Goddard hype going around because Pete, like the Eagles talked about how or a lot of the Eagles players like in that Bull Wolf interview for the article, shout out Bo, front of the pod, you know how how great Dallas Goddard looks and like a lot of like the fantasy community is very excited about his prospects, but like Alshon, Deshaun, Aguilar, JJ, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, there's only so many passes you can attempt in a game, yeah. right? You have to get this formula right and like you saw this a little bit when they brought in golden tate like it takes a while to figure out who runs which routes and which targets get distributed to which concepts on which downs like that is that's how mike leach talks about balance he doesn't talk about run pass balance he talks about distributing to different you know uh, players right exactly and so like like let's say like god forbid like for fantasy players you know like the eagles offense just ends up streaky like one day it's alshon day the next week it's deshaun week right but for the eagles you know, success on offense, you worry about having so many mouths to feed that you don't have a true number one guy. And remember, like, let, let, let's not forget, there was some spice last year about Zach Ertz getting a lot of targets. Mm -hmm. And it's not known who exactly it was who said it, but the prevailing theory is number 17, who has a strong case, Alshon does, for being the primary target on a lot of offenses in the league. True. And, you know, he when he's getting out targeted by Zach Ertz, who just objectively is not like as good with the ball in his hands. Right. He's not breaking tackles the way Alshon's breaking tackles. He doesn't run as many downfield right routes as Alshon would. And so he's not as many yards per target. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a case there. You mm. know what I mean? Like we 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 dedicated significant airtime to how many targets Ertz should get and how much of a problem it is. So, like you added another receiver to that mix. You added two. 
and then you took away Golden Tate. So you added one receiver, and then people want Goddard to be more of a factor in year two. Carson, they gotta Carson can't throw the ball fifty times a game, right? Like it's <laughs> I would like for him to, but no, he won't. <laughs> right. You've got a lot to figure out there. Like it's a good problem to have. It's better than the uh, the 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 contrapositive, right? Like we don't know who to give targets to because we have nobody good. Like you've got work to do there to figure that out. I'm not saying you think this, but the possibility of perhaps the receiver room. They go to the buffet, there's nothing there. You know what I mean? There's nothing left because it's already yeah. been doled out and they start to right, get upset yeah. and the offensive chemistry, the cohesion, all of that starts to break down. That would be a scenario. They're like, that's worst, worst case scenarios, fantasy land, all that stuff. But like I could see right. something like that being something that would derail right. an entire season. We talk about the like the, the scariness of the defensive backfield is that somebody has to step up and win a starting job. Yeah. The reality of the receiving core, tight end and wide receiver, is somebody has to stay, step back and take a secondary role. Yeah. As much as I love Dallas Goddard, and I think Dallas Goddard can be tremendous and, and everything like that, the Eagles gave Deshaun Jackson a big contract and they signed, they, they drafted Drake Jarosick a wide side in the second round. I do not think Goddard is going to be getting more targets this year. I think it's slightly more. I mean, what I, I bumped is when, when we did his projection, I, I think I put him up 100 yards more, maybe a touchdown more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's going to be significant. It can't be. Not with all the other weapons around on this offense. So that's going to be interesting to see how they all work together and how they distribute the ball and how, you know, when you look at the end of the game, each game, who gets what targets, what games, why the matchup, so on and so forth. That's going to be a constant thing with the Eagles this year. It's a good problem to have as long as you can execute it and score a bunch right. of points. Right. It's it's a good, it's the right problem to have. We just got to, you know, be wary of it. Number four question for you. Why haven't you obtained a dog? You're already in the house. You haven't obtained a dog yet. Do you have a plan? Do you have a breed? Do you have, a, do you have something picked out? Do you know? Do what? I have a plan? I have multiple adoption site email warnings when they <laughs> their new dogs registered. So it's actually we're recording on Wednesday. Depending on how much I get done in the apartment today in terms of getting trash out and getting things organized, uh, the fiance and I may indeed go to a shelter today to start the process, just to look around, say hello to little doggos, greet the little guys, fall in love with every one of them. <laughs> There's one dog at the local shelter who has uh, a, a face abnormality, right? She's like in a constant state of snarling. She's always like, right? <laughs> I love her more than life. I would kill you for her. If it was Fair. one gun, one bullet, you and her, you're gone. Okay. And I have not met her yet. It's just the cutest gosh darn thing. I was inches away from, you know, like you have like adoptions where they like, not can, I almost said you can order them. That's not good. But they like are transported to you. I found a Bernese Mountain Dog, which I want a Bernese Mountain Dog so badly. This apartment is not big enough for one. I do not care. Yeah. Giant fluff ball and I want seven. <laughs> uh, I have no impulse control. But yeah, the thing is like, I had, like I said, I had that vacation the first week of July. Well, I'll be gone for a few days. And then when I come back, I have no real long vacation scheduled for the rest of of the summer. And then I'm on the road a lot for the season, obviously. But I have that two-month window. And so that's where we want to adopt so that I can be home to puppy train. Um, And so that'll be probably when it happens. But we're going to start the process this week uh, because adoption processes typically take a couple of weeks. Breed-wise, the only thing I'm worried about is there's a lot of hound mixes in this area and I grew up with a hound mix and when they want to be loud, they don't shut up. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously inconvenient for apartment living in general, but also sometimes I talk on podcasts. I don't know if you knew that. And so, you know, like that, that can, that can be tricky True. obviously. And so I'm worried about that, but there's a fair number of like lab mixes and terrier mixes that are super cute. The problem is I keep on looking on these sites, falling in love with the dog and then it gets adopted because I, you know, it's like I can't. Yeah. I still have a time frame here. So there's already three dogs that have gotten away, but Phil is still up. Which I posted Phil's photo on Twitter. 
Phil is an Amstaff mix, and I love Amstaff Terriers, who wore a tie for his adoption photo. Oh, come on. He is the most precious, stately fellow that has ever been. I feel he, he, he'll just wait at my door and welcome guests yeah. wearing like a little tux. Yeah. He's so freaking cute. Nice. But yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be getting a puppy within the next couple of weeks. It's locked in. I got to make a news and bent. Puppy Watch 2019. We're doing that. We're right. Doing that. We're, gi- we're giving you updates. Ben, your last question for me. What is it? Okay, my last question for you is we have the house to ourselves. Because BLG, speaking of vacations, is gone. <laughs> and so I don't know if he's listening to this podcast or not. Right. It's like a casual podcast. No Eagles real news. So I don't really think he has to. So well, he's forever rain, obviously. But what should we do? I feel like we need to do some some foolishness. I think there needs to be some sort of like, like daddy's away, right? There's got to be some sort of headline we can make or something. Like I remember I went on vacation for a job and uh, I came back and my desk was all saran wrapped and like everything was individually wrapped. Right. Bubble wrapped everything. Like because I'm technically deputy editor, right? right? Like with massive scare quotes around it. Yeah. And so like people are asking me like, hey, do you think this headline's good? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't speak SEO the way BLG does, right. right? Like it's like a second language to him. So I feel like I just, I don't know. I feel drunk with power and I feel unsupervised. And this is not a good situation when you're like me and your whole life is based off of causing problems and being mischievous. So I don't know. We need a brainstorm. Fake controversy, something. My, right, exactly. I think that we just need, we need to like, post just like a very intentionally ignorant ridiculously spicy take and be like we had no idea it would have this sort of reaction whoa uh, bleeding sb nation managing editor goes missing that's that's going to be the headline ben travel back to this is my last question for you and we're going to figure out this blg thing listeners we do don't at brandon do not at brandon at us directly we'll deal with it dm us if you have really mm-hmm. good ideas too that works But number five, my last question for you before we get out of here, Ben, travel back to one period in time. What is it and why? Yeah. So I was in a uh, an intro to Russian Civ class in senior year. So last year. And we were asked this question kind of like a way of like, you know, framing us in history and stuff like that. And I went to the University of Chicago, which is known for a certain erudite, uh, a certain uh academic individual a mold into which i i do not fit uh and so there were a lot of questions like oh like 14th century florence and i was like i don't even know what that is like i don't even know why you would go there what about 1240 the siege of kiev go to russia go to the siege of kiev the mongol invasion where the, the the mongols just just plunder kiev and then what they do is they take all these dignitaries right and they lay them all down in a, in a big row and they take these cities and they lay them all down in a big row and then they build uh, a wooden floor over them and then they have lunch and they squish them to death amongst the screams of all the citizens is that the time period you're Cute. thinking about is that where you're going with this no so <laughs> i eventually was called upon for this question and this is like january 2019 and he was like, what time frame would you go back to? And I was like, February 2018. And he was like, why? And I was like, that was when the Philadelphia Eagles won their first Super Bowl <laughs> in history. And just the entire class looked at me like, how are you even allowed in this building? And I was like, because I just do not care. Like that was like to me, like that's I would, if I could go relive a moment, that would be it. That's incredible. But predating you, predating you, you Homer. <laughs> Yeah, pre predating me. I, mean, I think about like all of American history is sad. Yeah. It's just like wartime or depression. It ain't time. great if you like if you um, like a bunch of plague filled Indians. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, it would be cool to do like I think it was like 12th century, 13th century Russia, which is when uh, there's the great prince Vladimir and they like 
started to to kind of incorporate orthodoxy into russia because that's like the best tether to history that i have mm. in terms of it was earlier than that it was in I it was in a three-digit year yeah but either way so i guess that'd be my answer but i'm just not i'm a very historically unrooted person i don't have much of a tether to a time period or an interest in that sort of a thing so it's, it's a tough question for me to answer i know i disappoint you with that we're gonna change that one locked on nfl draft fan friday at a time <laughs> ben that's gonna Amen. <laughs> that's gonna do it for the Kissed and Solak Show episode 100. We do hope you enjoyed it, and we're sorry we haven't gotten to the Eye on the Enemy Cowboys yet. We will soon, very very soon. That's going to be the next Kissed and Solak Show. That's going to be 101. So we have plenty of football content coming to you. Ben, say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners. Hello. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kissed and Solak Show here on Bleeding Green Nation. We do appreciate you singing by four the centennial episode of our show which we're very excited about as well as the continued success and expansion of the network every month we are increasingly surprised by how well we do which i mean we should probably just learn how to recalibrate our expectations but that feels presumptuous every uh, every month you guys exceed what we uh believe will be our numbers because you guys are just always growing and always yearning for more content we're very thankful uh, and, and to read your guys' reviews and hear your responses on Twitter and to engage with you guys is always a, tr- a tremendous blessing. So here's uh, to another hundred. I'm Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. He's Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As I said, reviews make us smile. If you do have a good one, please go ahead and leave it in iTunes along with a rating and subscribe to the podcast so that it always downloads for you. We are inches away from a 1,000 five-star reviews which is a really cool thing and so if you'd like to help us in that effort and you have not yet reviewed go ahead throw that five-star review up there get us into four digits would be a a really good way to celebrate how far we've come in the doldrums of the off season thank you for listening we are friends goodbye forever we all we got we all we need fly eagles fly